So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Recorded live. So who is pushing your buttons? Hi, this is Jonathan Fl- You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Leaders, Lord, our beneficiaries, 
cannot go back and wipe away our past. What we can do is be reborn of water and the spirit. It is a different kind of birth, one that allows our spirits to overcome whatever blows the physical world has dealt us and live freely, fully remade, with knowledge and experience of the living God. That's the Reverend Dr. Cynthia Weems. I'm Peter Wallace, and this is a new day of faith and hope. 
This is day one. Welcome to day one, the weekly program that brings you outstanding preachers from America's mainline Protestant churches, sharing insight and inspiration from God's Word for your life. Here's our host, Peter Wallace, to introduce this week's preacher. Thank you, Sherry. We're delighted to have with us today the Reverend Dr. Cynthia Weems, pastor of First United Methodist Church of Miami, Florida. Cynthia has served in multi-ethnic ministry settings in South America and the United States, including churches in Kansas and Florida. She is proficient in Spanish and Portuguese and currently serves in a congregation with an extensive outreach to the diverse homeless community in Miami. Cynthia graduated from Millsaps College and earned a Master of Divinity degree from Yale Divinity School and a Doctor of Ministry with Honors from St. Paul's School of Theology. Cynthia, welcome to Day One. Thank you. First United Methodist of Miami is a dynamic church, and I, I really like your mission statement, to invite people to experience life downtown, L-I-F-E, standing for living, inclusive, faithful, and emerging. Unpack that for us. How does the church go about doing that? Thank you for asking. We love the setting we are in, in downtown Miami. Uh, Some churches have chosen to leave downtown settings. It can be a tough place to be, but our church has had a long commitment to to its place at at 4th and Biscayne Boulevard, and all that comes with that. Now uh, what comes with that is large Mm -hmm. high-rises next to us, uh, many filled with people who come to Miami from other places, and often look look for a church home, sometimes because it's the only thing that feels like home, uh, folks that come from other parts of the United States. But for others who come from other countries, uh, it can feel like a place uh, where they can kind of center themselves in a, in a, in a strong uh, way, a helpful way uh, for all the challenges that come uh, for people living in the city. Uh, so our mission statement, we hope, uh, allows people to see in us Uh, a source of hope, a source of life, and frankly, a different kind of life uh, in downtown Miami. As you can imagine, there's lots of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's lots of things uh, to do in downtown Miami. But we want people to see that a church home is another way to experience life and perhaps a more more healthy and whole way to experience life in the big city. Ministry to the marginalized is important to you and to the congregation. Why is that so vital to who you are? In our church, I think there's a real sense that unless we can feel with our hands uh, the tangible ways that God is calling us to be, uh, to live our discipleship, uh, then that we're not really doing the full work uh, that God intends for us. I'm certainly learning from new generations of Christians uh, who come to our church. Many have not been in church for a long time. Some have, have never been regular attenders of church that they really don't have any interest in, in only a worship mm-hmm. experience. Uh, if, if, if they're not making breakfast sandwiches for the homeless, mm-hmm. if they are not um, uh, sharing in, in youth programming, if they are not uh, serving that marginalized population downtown, then it feels to them that that's not really the most faithful mm-hmm. way to live out uh, their Christian beliefs in a big city like Miami. And that's a great learning uh, 
for many of us in the church. Hmm. You're also involved in Faith in the City, a coalition of downtown congregations. Why is it important to reach out together ecumenically? Faith in the City has a long tradition in Miami, and it's wonderful because it's a group of non-denominational churches, mm-hmm. uh, Catholic Church, the Episcopal Cathedral, the second oldest Jewish synagogue in Miami, our church, and um, and several others. It's a great opportunity for us to come together in such a challenging setting and say, you know, what what can we do together? What are we being called to do mm-hmm. together? And how can we increase the spiritual depth of people in our city by working together? And those are great questions mm-hmm. to ask. All of us are doing the challenging work of ministry in downtown Miami. It's challenging. At the same time, we're all excited about it. Uh, and all of these congregations uh, feel a sense of urgency, really, uh, about the work that's before us. So doing it together is more fun yeah. and certainly, I believe, more fruitful. Early in your ministry, you served as a volunteer missionary in Bolivia, and since then you've also been a volunteer and mission team leader to Bolivia, Costa Rica, and Brazil. How did those experiences help to form your ministry today? Taking volunteers to another country is an amazing way to see the interaction between the church uh, in our own country and the church as it exists in other places. Frankly, we have much to learn from churches in other countries where resources uh, are not available and where truly the sacrificial love uh, of members of those churches, of pastors of those churches, uh, is is the only way uh, that ministry happens. I remember the church I served in Bolivia didn't have a parking lot, didn't have mail service, and didn't have a telephone. And I thought, I can't imagine a church in the States that could exist mm. without those three things. But that church was able to thrive uh, simply with, uh, with hearts and hands uh, ready to open Bibles and study those Bibles together, ready to sing and worship together, and really ready to tackle some difficult social problems um, in the communities there. So volunteers experiencing those settings often, I feel, come back to church, come back home with a renewed sense of of the importance of, of making an impact with some, with often with very few resources and, and really bringing together the resources we might have available to us here in the United States in order to make ministry happen in our own neighborhoods and then far from us as well. Cynthia, how did you experience your call to ministry? I grew up in Mississippi as a United Methodist preacher's kid, and I think I was eight or nine years old when I first began to articulate a sense that, you know, I wanted to be a pastor. People would ask, what do you want to be when you grow up? Hmm. Well, I'll be, a, I'll be a preacher. And some might think that that uh, was a long shot in <laughs> small communities in Mississippi in the 1970s. But I never felt anything but support uh, for that call. And as I got older, I met more women in ministry. My parents were very instrumental in helping me see role models hmm. for that. And it never occurred to me that that perhaps was not uh, a, a viable way forward for me. And throughout my, my high school years, had a, a strong uh, youth group experience in churches where I was able to lead and, uh, and see uh, good role models for, for healthy ministry. And I'm so grateful for that now, looking back. And what's ahead for you? 
Well, this summer I will transition from First United Methodist Church of Miami, where I've served for six years, into the role of district superintendent for the Southeast District of the United Methodist Church in the Florida Annual Conference. It's an exciting time, an exciting transition. Uh, there are 75 churches in Broward and Dade and Monroe counties in Southeast Florida. We have Hispanic churches, Haitian churches, a large Korean church, and, and, and so many others that represent the diversity of that part of our country. So I'm excited about what's ahead and being a part of guiding and leading and collaborating with the pastors and the churches of the Southeast District. Well, this Sunday, your sermon is based on the gospel text from John chapter 3, the first 17 verses. Would you read the passage for us? Yes. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Cynthia, your sermon is entitled, A Complete Makeover. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. And don't forget, if you'd like to listen again to today's program or read or share a transcript of Cynthia Weems' sermon, Visit our website at dayone.org. Or for a free printed sermon transcript, call us toll-free at 1-888-411-DAY1.
and so it was with us. On one such conversation with the at-fault driver's insurance company about the damage to be repaired, the adjuster said, this car has surely been in other accidents. At least two of the dents in the passenger door could not have been caused by this accident. We were surprised. The car, although relatively worn and old, had not been in other accidents, and we did not remember any prior damage. After much discussion about this matter, it became clear that the insurance company would not pay for what they called prior damage, and therefore would only approve a partial repair of the damage from the accident. I was the one who handled that particular conversation, and when I hung up and shared the result with my husband, I found myself frustrated, but at the same time smiling, almost giggling, at the absurdity of the situation. Our car would return from the body shop partially repaired, because a portion of the damage had not been deemed worthy of a remake. Reflecting theologically while humored by the situation, I felt a profound sense of gratitude toward our God, who does not function like insurance companies. However, it did get me thinking about God's relationship to body shops. When Nicodemus came to Jesus, he knew enough to know that Jesus was offering a new kind of body repair. The temples, priests, and traditions had for good Jews been the place to seek repair work. Now, Jesus' language implied there was a new fix, a new kind of repair needed for the faithful. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night to check it out. The Pharisees, we remember, came into being in the 3rd century BCE as a reaction to Hellenism, the increasing Greek influence over thought, practice, philosophy, and religion. The more zealous Jews separated themselves as the pure and pious ones. They became a distinct class, rigid defenders of Jewish tradition. They had grown to positions of power during Jesus' day and often abused that power. They had something to lose in these new concepts and teachings of Jesus. But they also could not resist trying to understand this prophet in greater ways. We meet Nicodemus with this kind of curiosity. Nicodemus comes to Jesus secretly at night and begins a private conversation. But it is important to note that in Greek, the you becomes plural when Jesus begins speaking. All of a sudden, Jesus is talking to more than just Nicodemus, although it's the middle of the night. Jesus knows that he is talking to a larger crowd, is fighting a larger battle than just an evening conversation with Nicodemus. Nicodemus represented a rigid kind of thinking about laws and traditions and rituals, but also about the basic work of God. Jesus wonders how Nicodemus could be such a trusted teacher and not know the inner workings of God's spirit, not know the power of God's spirit. Nicodemus and the Pharisees had such clarity about the things of God that any entry of new ideas or expressions was too much to grasp. They seemed unable to bear the weight of the perceived consequences that might come from acceptance of such thinking about the holy. So let's return to my Toyota Corolla. After several days in the body shop, you will be interested to know 
that the car was returned to us completely repaired. No sign of the dents the insurance company insisted were there. I laughed some more. My conclusion was that the guy at the body shop thought a lot more like God and less like the insurance adjuster. Can't fix almost all of the damage. It must be completely remade. Or, as Jesus would say, born from above. What Nicodemus had such a hard time understanding was the concept that God did not want a detailed inventory of every dent, scrape, and scratch on the hearts and lives of the faithful. What God wants is to remake each and every one of us. God doesn't demand a story behind each fender bender. God doesn't pick and choose which sins are forgiven and which ones remain. God gives us new birth with water and the Spirit and remakes us into new creations. Through this new birth, our relationship with God, through Christ, takes on a deeper and more complete meaning as the experiences of our lives are seen through the lens of God's gracious and forgiving work of love. When our daughter was born, she came home from the hospital within 48 hours of her birth, like most newborns. I introduced her to the bassinet and rocking chair and gave her a bath. Within a couple of days, we were at her first doctor's visit, the precautionary one, just to make sure she was doing well. The doctor discovered her bilirubin levels were extremely high. She had jaundice. An immediate return to the hospital was required without even a stop at home to pick up some essentials. For the next several days, she and I would remain at the hospital to endure the unforgiving process of sleeping under bright lights and constant bilirubin level checks in order to determine when she was healthy enough to return home. We finally did so after four days. When I look back at photos from her first couple of days at home, it is so obvious that she was sick. Her face was glowing yellow. I feel a deep sense of guilt each time I see those photos. How could I not have known she was sick? Why didn't I see the signs and call the doctor? I wish I could take that part of her birth story back and change that first week of her life and my first week of parenthood. But of course, I can't. I cannot go back and rebirth our daughter's less than ideal first two weeks of life. And hers hardly compares to so many difficult stories of weeks and months in the NICU that so many new parents experience. Neither can we go back and redo so many of our difficult trials and adversities in life. Loss, addiction, disappointment, heartbreak. We are filled with guilt, regret, and longing. And we often want to hold tight to those feelings even when God is ready to take them away, giving us a fresh start and a new paint job. Christ's sacrifice would ultimately remake the way in which our lives are given meaning and purpose. Christ's sacrifice will make us new, a forgiven and whole people. No, we cannot go back and wipe away our past. What we can do is be reborn of water and the Spirit, Jesus doesn't promise to redo our first birth. No, we don't climb back into our mother's wombs to be reborn. It is a different kind of birth, 
one that allows our spirits to overcome whatever blows the physical world has dealt us and live freely, fully remade, with knowledge and experience of the living God. Significantly, the late-night conversation with Nicodemus the Pharisee begins to wrap up with these famous words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Why is it significant that the encounter with Nicodemus came just before this most beloved scripture? Until Nicodemus believed that one truth, it would be difficult, dare I say impossible, for him to hear or believe anything else. The same God that offered the people of Israel the beautiful laws of the prophets that the Pharisees so dutifully upheld also offered this greatest of gifts, love. Eugene Peterson, in the Message Translation of Scripture, translates verse 17 with these contemporary words. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, put the world right again. Please pray with me. O God of the day and of the night, come to us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Give us new life by water and the Spirit. Remake, reshape, and renew us through your sacrificial love in Christ Jesus. Why should you support the Day One Radio Ministry? Because it's helping countless people like you. For instance, Brenda, a listener in Pennsylvania, says, Every Sunday, Day One gives me a message I can carry throughout my week. Mike in Minnesota says, There's not another program like Day One. It allows you to hear the Word of God from so many gifted voices. Please, Give generously so Day One can continue to proclaim this much-needed message on the radio and online. Mail your gift to Day One, 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. That's 2715 Peachtree Road, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. Or call us at 1-888-411-DAY1. Or give securely online at dayone.org. On behalf of everyone at Day One, thank you for your support. Now, Cynthia Weems offers some final thoughts on her message today. Cynthia, I love your story about your car repairs and the insurance company that wouldn't cover all the damage from an accident. You said when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he knew enough that Jesus was offering a new kind of body repair, and he came to Jesus by night to check it out. How would you say Jesus' approach was different from what Nicodemus was used to? Jesus was concerned with the whole being. And I think that Judaism, Hmm. in its purest form, is too. But... I think that Nicodemus in that line of uh, in that line of the Pharisees that I mentioned in the mm-hmm. sermon 
and really begin to focus more on those things that often keep us from considering the spirit, that keep us from considering anything outside of the, the very rigid rules and structure um, of religious life. So Jesus was offering a way of looking at life that really included uh, all of those good teachings from the prophets, mm -hmm. uh, but also uh, the heart and the spirit um, of our life. You said God does not need a detailed inventory of every dent, scrape, and scratch on the hearts and lives of the faithful. What God wants is to remake each and every one of us. So how does this happen? Part of the makeover, I, I'm aware, is that uh, we do have to get ourselves to the body shop. You know, <laughs> at, at, at one point in time, my husband and I had to drive that Corolla mm -hmm. to the shop. We had to kind of hand it over. And we have to do that also in our lives. And one way to do that is a, a heart of, of repentance, um, an ability to say, this is what's happened. Um, and sometimes an ability to say, Lord, I've tried everything else, and I know that can't fix this myself. So I think that uh, that handing over, that willingness that we have uh, to offer our hearts and lives to God, uh, knowing that um, we've kind of run our own course, that what we're able to control and do for ourselves, and that we're ready uh, and hopeful about how God will remake our lives. You shared about your daughter's troubling first couple of weeks of life, and you acknowledge that you can't go back and redo that. None of us can go back and redo so many of our trials and adversities. And so we may be filled with guilt, regret, and longing. What would you say to someone listening right now who identifies with those feelings? I would say that unlike our usual desire, which is to redo or, or erase, and boy, I've sat with those baby pictures of my daughter, uh, way, too many times, far too many times, looking at them thinking, how could that have been different? Uh, God doesn't want me looking at those pictures that way. Mm -hmm. In that difficult time, uh, God was present. Mm -hmm. And I can look back now and see that I learned a lot about parenting because really in the first week of life I learned that a lot was beyond my control. It's a pretty good thing to learn early mm -hmm. on in parenting. And I think in our lives we learn that we make mistakes. Some are out of our control. Some are within our control. But all things are, are, are within the presence of God. So God, rather than us taking all that time looking back with that regret and that, that longing, God wants us to look forward. And so allowing God to, to make us over, allowing God uh, through God's spirit, uh, through the hope of Christ to come and live within us and, and move us to the future I think is really where what God would say, what I would say to each person today, uh, allow God to walk you forward instead of spending that time in the past. Cynthia, what's one thing from your sermon today that you hope our listeners will keep in mind this week? I hope that our listeners would feel a true sense of hope, a hope that I feel Nicodemus came away from mm. that night after his conversation with Jesus. Not a sense of worry or fear but a sense that the words of Jesus were good news. So I would hope that our listeners this week would have a renewed sense of that good news for their lives as well. Cynthia Weems, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Day One is the voice of America's mainline Protestant churches. Visit us online at dayone.org. Our program is recorded and edited by Donald Jones 
and produced by Peter Wallace. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sherry Miller wishing you all God's blessings on day one and forever. your buttons. Hi, this is Jonathan Falwell. When we are not controlled by and walking in the Spirit of God, we are literally giving into the flesh, that raw lust and desire of our hearts. We have to get away from that because what happens in the end is always the same. The end leads to destruction. It leads to fighting against the Spirit who is alive and well in us and leading us and guiding us. We are fighting against ourselves. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. In other words, we have to refocus our desires so that our desires are not in the things of the world, but rather we should want to live for him, walk with him, experience all that God has for us, and this can only be done with righteous living. One-on-one with Pastor Jonathan. To receive his daily audio devotional free by email each day, register at fallwell.com, F-A-L-W-E-L-L, fallwell.com. This heavyweight bout is about to begin. What's the champ wearing? Looks like an examination gown. And from the back... Ooh, that's not pretty. Champ, what's with the get-up? I've got to take care of my family, so I'm getting those important medical screens. The fight is over! Champ, you look pretty healthy out there tonight, but I'm still getting those tests. For a list of tests you need, go to ahrq.gov. And remember, real men wear gowns. Go to AHRQ.gov. This message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AHRQ, and the Ad Council. Have you ever dreamed of being a karate master? Uh, Well, stop dreaming and start chopping with the Karate Glove. Hi, my name's Molly, inventor of the Karate Glove. And I have just one and a half words for you. The Karate Glove chops through anything. Just put it on and instantly chop through wood. Concrete. Brick walls. Trees. Small cars. It can even chop through these eight guitars. It chops things. If I can invent a karate glove, just imagine what you can do. Visit inventnow.org to get started on your invention. Anything's possible. Keep thinking. Brought to you by the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the National Inventors Hall of Fame Foundation, and the Ad Council. It's high on time! A recent book from the publishers of Time magazine catalogs the world in photos. Page after page, up close and from great distances, the camera unveils beauty, marvel, mystery. From the intricate industry of the beehive, 
to the playful spouts of the beluga whale, to the salmon fishing of the grizzly bear, everywhere we look, wonders await. They abound. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Do you realize that every morning one of the world's great wonders stares back at you from your mirror? The Bible tells us we are fearfully and wonderfully made. What better start to your day than to reflect on the miracle of you, compliments of the creator of the universe, in the high calling of our daily work. For more information, visit ourdailywork.org. You're listening to the Sham Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 
My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We've been married 38 years. We're retired, and this is how we live united. We play golf and we travel, but we also decided we were going to give to and volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. I do the nursing at the clinic. I work the front office, checking in patients, greeting them, making them feel comfortable. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places, the places that need it most and implement it best. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We even get a few blast shoes. It's incredible. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. So we don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Finally. Honey, they have 34 shades of white paint. Come on, it was a tough decision. <laughs> so what did you get? Ultra premium puffy cloud white. And that'll match? I have no idea. There's another can in the car. I just want to sit for a sec. Are you okay? <laughs> Two out of three people with diabetes die of a heart attack or stroke, but you can lower the risk. Ask your health care provider how. For more info, go to diabetesactnow.org. Brought to you by the American Diabetes Association and the Ad Council. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Carry on. 
Mind Block Radio. Turn it up.
small step to get healthy at smallstep.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hey, Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately, there's something else we've got way too much of. Childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing. This problem is entirely solvable. Seriously, we already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. We are talking about our world today. Oh, and someone's on the line. Hi, I'm Jacqueline. Welcome, Jacqueline. How old are you? You sound so young. I'm eight. Oh, wow. I assume you're a student, right? Yes, from Jefferson Elementary. And I have a question. Sure. And what's your question? We all know the Earth has seven continents that currently carry 193 countries. Those continents make up 29% of the Earth's surface, meaning that the vast majority of our planet, 71%, is comprised of water. Taking into consideration man automatically adapts to environmental conditions, why is it that I need to take swimming lessons? Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to MyPyramid.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA.
Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on the cross, paid the price for all the wrong things that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart, and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way, there is no other message. For there is no other way, there is no other message. Oh, come to him, come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. You too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation?
You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
Here I stand. 